Hey, it's your girl Dara sitting here with a mic and a glass of wine, talking to some great friends about some interesting topics. Thank you for tuning in to My Voice with Dara and Friends. To my voice with Dara and friends. It's the month of December. We got you good. Got them divine conversations coming through the hood. Yo, what's up? I'm so glad y'all are back for another kick-ass episode. Hopefully, you listened to part one of Finding Your Energy with Gabrielle Morton. If you have not listened to part one of that um, this series, because this is part two. I suggest you stop this shit right now. Go back to the page where it shows all the episodes. Go listen to part one of Finding Your Inner G with Gabrielle Morton. Um, And then come back and listen to part two because part two kind of wraps it all together and gives you some more of that nasty ass energy that G Morton is passing out. Okay, so listen, go do that. Come back and I'm going to be right here. I promise. Um, with that being said, what I want y'all to all do is also go to my Instagram at my voice podcast, my Twitter at my voice podcast, my Facebook page at my voice podcast. You get the picture. You see what I'm doing. Go check all those out. Make sure you follow it. Make sure you like, make sure you share, make sure you comment, make sure you rate, please, please, please go to whatever app you listening to this on and rate the podcast. I really, really love the ratings. I love what people are saying about the show. And I just want to hear some feedback. If y'all want me to do some different stuff, you know, shoot some stuff at me. I'm, I'm always open for some changes, some creative changes. Um, and also head on over to IG and follow G Morton at Black Intoxication. Um, you can also follow her where she sells all of her healing oils and incense and aromatherapy and all the great things to help get your spirit and mind in alignment at King Street Apothecary. That's King, like the king with the crown, King Street Apothecary. Um, and then also shoot on over to Facebook and follow her, be her friend, all of that at G Morton. Um, and I say that because G, in my opinion, kind of gives you like all of the healing qualities that you need, not just listen, healing is always not about physical. And when I, what I mean by that is don't go say Dara and say, Dara said, I don't have to exercise because y'all know if it's one thing I believe in is going to the gym. But it's not always physical. It's not always about the muscle. It's not always about the body muscle. It's about the mental. It's about the spiritual. It's about your heart. It's about your soul. It's about making sure all these one things that we are focusing on come together to make us one whole human being and making us um, deal with certain things so that we are more healed. Um, But she believes in healing through transparency. And that's one of the things I like about her is that she's open, she's honest, and she's real. And you don't get that too often these days, especially with everything being so fucking fake on social media. Excuse my language. But that's just how I feel. Um, But straight from G. Morton's Facebook page, I'll give you some of the things she considers herself to be a wounded healer, mental health educator. And this, I think, is big when it comes to what she's about, her schooling, the degrees she's attaining, the books she's written, and the fact that she has pe- she has multiple journals out there for you to just put everything down on paper and get your mental right. You know what I mean? Get your mental right. Um, but she's a she's a public speaker, and her like I said, her theme on her page is healing through transparency. You cannot really heal if you don't deal. And the only way to deal is to be honest and open about what the hell it is you're going through. Now, whether you're going to be transparent on Facebook, Instagram, or any social media, or whether you're just going to go be transparent with the people that you're dealing with this hurt with, you have to be transparent. You have to be open and honest and share these things. So, like, I I mean, listen, if you listen to part one, then you already know. 
But if you are not aware of what I'm talking about, go back and listen to part one because she talks about that in detail. She also talks about a lot of different things that we've dealt with when it comes to our heritage and our, our family passing down certain things to us that we need to deal with as well. So anywho, I say all that to say thank you, G, for coming on my voice with Dara and friends. Thank you for sipping it up with me. She was sipping on some pink Moscato. I believe I was sipping on white Merlot. If I wasn't sipping on white Merlot, I probably was sipping on some Cab. I can't even remember no more. But I can tell you what I'm sipping on right now. Right now, I'm sipping on some Zinfandel. Um, and that is the um, the Sutter Home Zinfandel. Yeah, I kind of went a little on a low budget into this week because, listen, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I don't buy gifts, but we take trips. So it's Christmas. My money's going other other places. Okay, so now that we got that out the way, I know I was supposed to have this episode up on Wednesday or Thursday, what have you, but I've been dealing with some things um, with my daughter that needed to be handled ASAP. And I couldn't focus on anything else. I couldn't even be hype about like this the show like I just didn't have the energy and rather than give y'all poor ass shows I rather just sit back until my mind is clear and I'm able to move forward with the energy that I'm used to coming with so again I'm sorry that is late but here it is part two finding your energy with Gabrielle Morton Gabs when I'm gonna go I can't call you Gabs because I'm not I guess I didn't get the the okay to call you Gabs but gee I truly, truly, truly appreciate you for coming on My Voice with Darren Friends. And I hope that some of the people listening to this episode and the episode previously will get a little something to help themselves as well. Yo, check out this interview, part two with Gabrielle Morton and you know who. I am a style for real. Here y'all go. Check it out. Because I swear for you right now... I'm telling you, this is how I feel. Like, I feel like the generation we're in right now, and it's, first of all, to be married for 11 years and now I'm back single, when you was single, there was no, like, there was MySpace. And MySpace was coming to an end at that point. So there wasn't all of this digital media, social media stuff going on that we have now. But to be in that situation then, and it was my therapist who actually brought this to light to me, like, you got to understand you when you were the last time you were single, you were 24. Right. I'm 38 now. Right. It's a whole different dating era that you're in. So you got to understand that you don't you don't you got to figure out you got to figure your way into this. Either that yeah. or find people who think the same way you do. I said, well, I guess I'll find people who think the way I do. Yeah, that's different because. Then with with trying to find out like well how do I think and what do I believe right. in and that was a, that was another thing too like unlearning unlearning everything that I had been taught because I was raised in a Christian household and so um, I was in church on so it was Kojic Church of God in Christ so it was church on two two services on Sunday one on Monday night Bible study on Wednesdays choir practice before that one sometime Friday service then the usher board and the choir and like we were in church I was raised in church um and I left so young I joined the Navy at 17 I was out at 18 and I was stationed in Japan I was in Japan at 18 wow so that was my first time on my own that was my first time like navigating people how to interact with people how to interact with women how to interact with the opposite sex how to maintain relationships how to express myself if someone does something to hurt me so a lot the only thing that i knew how to express was anger and you know i would push a lot of people away because what was really hurt i projected as anger and it was just me like not really barking but like hey, this hurt me, and you don't understand why, now I'm upset. But all you got was the anger part. Mm. You didn't get the part that it hurt me. And so it was just like this long road since I left home, this long journey of unlearning everything I had been taught, understanding it was it was okay to question God, to ask God questions. I think that people take that the wrong way because growing up I was taught don't question God. You don't. But I was never taught how to ask God a question. Right. 
And I was never taught how to listen to what it is that. And also, you know, you can't blame your parents. You, I'm not blaming my parents. That's not what I'm doing. No, because you, you only you can only do what you only know. You can, right. So my parents love me. Like, let me set that record straight right now. Like, they support me. They had my daughter when I was on deployment. Right. Like, we going back to hang out every summer, every Christmas. Like, those people stand. They um. That's my tribe. Right. So it's my sister. That's my tribe. Um. But. In the in that when I say they, I'm I'm referring to like the the Christian community. Um, when I let that go, and I was unlearning everything, I didn't I didn't unlearn and then go right into learning something. I unlearned and then I just went on this like five year long period of not wanting to be connected to anything spiritually. Dang, wow, like I really just wanted to like purge myself because. I had no idea what I believed in, what was out there over, you know, three, 4,000 religions in the world. And this is the only one that I had knew of. Wow. So in um, being on deployment, although I was young and, and, and the highlight was hitting a port, going to a new country and drinking, <laughs> I was still able to kind of see that everybody had a, had a different way of worshiping and connecting to God. And that mm-hmm. always intrigued me. Um, so I really just, have been for the past couple of years, like building a new belief system, right. which is hard. It is it's hard, especially when you've been raised in something because you don't, sometimes what you've been raised in can kind of sneak its way back up. Right. And right. so, you know, you're just like, do I believe in this? And I have my daughter so young. I didn't have time to like figure out what I believed in what and what I didn't believe in. Um, and sometimes I envy people who had the opportunity to kind of develop who they are as a as a woman before they were they were called to be a mother. Mm. Um, and so my daughter is really like learning with me because as I question something or bring up a belief and I, I bring it to her, I you know I ask her, well, what do you think? Or let's study this together because sometimes I really don't be knowing. I think that's what I love about the new generation of moms. If I can, especially black moms, like. One of the things I truly, truly love is that we're on a new journey of, um, you know, not silencing our kids, for one, and understanding that, no, their feelings are definitely valid and their voice needs to be heard. And giving them a, a, a safe space. I know you, you said plenty of times, like, you're, you're growing a child that you want to be able to express herself. Um, and I'll do the same thing in my household, you know, Um it definitely becomes frustrating at times and you definitely feel like you got to pick up a look. I'm going to need to go sit in the closet and so I don't go to jail tonight. You Listen, know what I mean? stay in my closet. I stay <laughs> in my look, closet. Look, you see me now. You're in the closet with me now. Like, they know. I tell them, mommy's in her closet. I'm if I'm go- in the closet, that's good. But if right. I go out in the car, if I go sit in the car, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a minute. <laughs> and, and she look, knows that. And then you put on your trap in. music. Yeah, she'll call me and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Just just, just give me a minute. Oh, my daughter do the same. How old is your daughter again? She's 11. Oh, mine's is 12. She's about to be 13. Yeah. That's, a, that's her thing, too. Like, she'll come to me and be like, mommy, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, I just need a minute. She's like, okay, because when you came in, you didn't really, you wasn't as chipper as you usually be. Oh. Mm-mm. Yeah, you got to give me some space. Just give me a minute. <laughs> What's the um what's the one thing you feel like uh this year was a big obstacle for you to get over um in order to be able to to flourish the way you did like with all the books in the school and everything um 2018 challenge um I think the biggest obstacle for me this year was imposter Was say that again the biggest thing for me this year was imposter syndrome. So I think I saw um, a video on that where they was talking about imposter syndrome is not feeling like you belong. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm mad. I just heard that. Oh my God. I'm just like, (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyways, back to my very professional interview. Right. <laughs> exactly. So imposter syndrome. Um, I think my biggest thing was imposter syndrome this year in my professional life. Um, because right before I decided to put out energy, I decided to put out energy in a week. Like, like you I just woke up one morning and was like, 
Yeah, I, I consulted with Q, my homegirl, um, and I'll send you her information. She's an author consultant, and I, and I hit her up. Ooh. And I, right after I hit her up, and between me hitting submit on Facebook, it was like seven days. Mm. Uh, or share on Facebook, it was seven days that mm. it had been created and submitted and approved and published and people started you know supporting and so I had to do it that quickly because I have novels that I'm sitting on that I've been writing since 2011 2012 2013 I've just seen in in I I think I really think you're a cancer but go ahead (laughs) yeah so I got works of art you know written work that I'm just sitting on and I just always struggle with like am I good enough Mm -hmm. and that came from not my professional life, but my personal life spilling over. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties with uh, the FaceTime and ended up having to cancel the FaceTime and call each other on the phone. And so the audio is a little bit different moving forward, but it's still a good interview. So check out the rest of the interview. All right, so let's just roll with it then. Okay, so you asked me about any challenges that I had for the year 2018. Um, and so the challenges that I experienced this year was imposter syndrome. And so with imposter syndrome, it can really like put a dampening on your confidence. It can exacerbate, you know, any type of doubt or negative self-talk. Um, and that shit can even cause like, self-sabotage you know like you you um cut yourself out of these opportunities or chances for opportunity because you feel like you're not good enough so this year my that's in my professional life and my professional life imposter syndrome um was a huge challenge for me this year because I came into all of this very confident about my skills and my ability to help people heal and I know what my people need. Um, And so it was just, it was a challenge this year um, just to kind of make sure that, you know, I had chosen the right path. Um, And I was like, shit, this is why I ran for so long because I don't even know if I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Even though the signs were there, I was just choosing to ignore them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The signs are there every day. I just choose to ignore them. Um, Or I had chosen before to ignore them. So, the signs are still there reminding me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, even down to the place that I work at, just the people that I'm consistently connected to, uh, the people that I am um, having the opportunity to meet and work with uh, just blows me. And I really have to just stop and like focus on the abundance in my life and not focusing on the lack. Because mm, the gratitude, what, the gratitude... That gratitude attitude is definitely important to elevation. Yeah, I agree. Yes. So that that was that's been my professional challenge for 2018. I wouldn't have never thought imposter syndrome with you. I don't know why. I just never would have. You. um, Oh yeah. Oh, the shit that I tell myself, y'all would jump me. Y'all would just hire people to come jump me if y'all wow. knew, like, the things that I told myself because I struggle with intrusive thoughts. Like, I struggle with um, the negative self-talk. That's something that I'm very transparent about. Like, my anxiety sometimes gets the best of me. And so I have to consistently, like, read things that um, reaffirm my position. You know, like, when I got off track, if I hit, like, a depressive spell, the first thing I do is go off track spiritually. Mm, wow. And then going off track spiritually impacts me emotionally. And then when I'm impacted emotionally, I gain weight. So all of that is connected for me. And I just, you know, I have to to just be aware of what I'm saying to myself. Yeah. What I'm whispering to myself. I can post these 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 woke ass stats all damn day, but it's what I'm whispering to myself when like mm-hmm. I'm laying on my pillow at night and I pull my blanket up and I'm just like you ain't about supposed to, to be here. You ain't about to start making me cry that's on this more, show, Jim. Yeah. You're not about to make me cry. I'm not about yeah, to cry on this show. That's more powerful. <laughs> I'm not I don't know what I'm trying to make you do, but that's more powerful than me saying. Because it's, I'm, uh, it's a I'm real blessed. thing that we do with though. these opportunities. Yeah. Because yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Right. Yeah. Right. It's crazy, though. Um, 
I'm not like it's not about me. It's not about me. Sometimes I gotta remind myself it's not about me. All right, so and you, that's okay. <laughs> you have a poem um, in your book that's a, in my opinion, is a tribute to Maya. Is it Maya Angelou? Yes, yes. And it's called um, Mother Maya. Is that one? That one is called um, Mother Maya. Mother Maya. Yes. yes. So, what if any? If any, like um, realm at all, did Maya Angelou have to do with? shaping your um your your love for writing or your your passion for writing or your pa- just in my opinion I don't know what sign Maya Angelou is I probably should have looked that up I don't know what sign Maya Angelou is but it seems like in my opinion Maya Angelou and you have some of the same attributes as well like some of the same characteristic traits because even though she writes real writing her passion is about seeing people elevate and people seeing people heal and seeing people grow and seeing community. So what if anything I appreciate that. Um, so when I was fifteen, like I said, I thought I was like in the Harlem Renaissance era, but in two thousand one. <laughs> and <laughs> no for real. I really thought like um, you know, Lauren Hill had just came out a few years ago. Hey. Like uh, they had just watched Love Jones. I really just thought I was out here being. Yeah. Um, Shout out to uh, El Boogie. Shout uh, out to uh, El Boogie. Simone. Yeah, yeah. So when I was fifteen, I did a spoken word, um, liturgical. Is it liturgical dance to Maya Angelou's "Phenomenal Woman," mm. and I had one of the mothers in the church that I respected, she read it out loud as I did this interpretive dance to um, that poem. And I think it was my way of trying to speak what I was feeling without opening my mouth Mm. um, and without, without talking because I had felt like my voice was being suppressed. Like I felt like what I had to say was never heard. So if you can't hear it, I'm going to dance it for you. Wow. If you can't hear it, I'm going to write it for you. If you can't hear it, I'll put it in the picture. So I really kind of got into, when I, the film class I took in high school, was we actually had to develop the damn film in the dark room. You mm. know, like that's the class I took. I love so that. Mother Maya is, um, she came up because I talked to my daughter often about her because we talk about, not holding secrets, and she brought up Maya Angelou and how, you know, she um, spoke what happened to her, and then someone, you know, a life was lost. Wow. Um, and she didn't speak for, how oh, I don't want to get this wrong, for a few years after that. I think it was five years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I just, I never want to be silenced again mm. I never want to be silenced again I and love it. um that poem is just thanking her and other you know women ancestors for yeah that's what uh, I making got from it easy too. for us to speak like it's women out there who are still not going to speak they are going to live their entire lives and not say anything but they're going to like silently root me on and say, or they're going to silently inbox me. So many women that inbox me and go, you just said what I'm going through. Or, you know, I was molested when I was little and you have no idea how your status just touched me or what you just said. I don't even think you meant it for real. You were just playing, but I really, it really resonated with me. So when people started like being transparent with me and they felt like they could trust me and these are like strangers, like I don't know these people. Yeah. And so I, it's almost it, it almost feels like a responsibility and I had to like make sure I was in a good good spiritual place mental place really um if people were going to be coming and bringing me these things yeah. because I was just like I could get over I could absorb your pain and get overwhelmed very easily it's and funny so though I that you say sure that, that I'm okay I because I, 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 I resonate with that only on a on a level where when I get messaged or when people comment or when people, um, uh, they make their, um, their posts under another post or something like that. And it's, and sometimes I even get text messages. Well, not text messages, I should say direct message, direct messages from people. And they have these conversations about stuff that I might have touched on with them. It's weird because it almost kind of say, oh, now I feel like I got a responsibility 
you know, but at right, the same right. time. Right, and so you don't, but you you don't, but you do. But you do, right? exactly, exactly. You it's, don't, but you do. Yeah, like, so I understand okay, so that. one of my favorite quotes is um, by Zora Neale Hurston, and she says, if you were silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you liked it. They'll say Ooh, you enjoyed it. Come on, somebody. Oh, you got to love Zora Neale and for that. And so I'm just like, well... Every time I try to speak up, I get hushed. I try to speak up in the military. I got hushed. I try to speak up at my job. They told me, be quiet. I even dropped the grievance on one of my professors at, at my university. And that took a whole six months to resolve. And they were trying to get me to be quiet about it. And I was just like, why is it that when I open my voice to speak? Mm, come on, somebody. Someone is always trying to quiet me. Well, let me tell and you so something. Just, You're not going to have that here. The reason why I call the show My Voice with Dara and Friends is because Dara has a voice. My friends have a voice. And I just feel like people need a safe place to tell their story in their own words, in oh, their yeah. own voice. I think that daughters are sent here to heal us mm. and soften us. Mm. And sons are sent here to strengthen us. Wow. And because I didn't want a girl. I didn't want her to have to go through what I went through. I on everything. Like... Sometimes my anxiety just overwhelms me because I just I just want her to be safe. Wow. I just want her to be. I want her to be able to speak and be safe. I want her to be able. I want her to to be able to live in her truth and be safe. Um. So yeah, I think that your time will come. It will, you know it'll come right on time. Let me. And so she's speaking about this, your daughter. That's what this poem was about. Listen, you speaking about your daughter. You got a poem in here, or I don't know. I I, I was I read this to my dad. That's how much <laughs> this went. This this dug deep. I read this to my dad. Um, me and my dad have a really good uh, relationship and communication um, uh, openness between us. But I read this to him. And can you tell me what, whether this is a poem or not? Black mothers. Oh, okay. So, so black mothers. <laughs> I'm only going to read. I want to read the first part first. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I definitely want to read the first part because the first part is like, bam, in your face. Black mothers. Well, let me read it. Let okay, me, okay, yeah. So you read you it. Before, you, before we get into it. Okay. So it was a, um, I had to do some research on a population and everybody in my program knows like I stand for black women. Like yes. that's just what I do. Yes. Like I'm out here, I root for everybody black. Yeah. And so I, I was trying to find the, the perfect, like the clinical link between mental health and like black women's struggle mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, the white privilege in my class would be able to understand it. And so it all boiled down to the fact that I just had to like be passionate about what this was. Like there was no, no easy way to sugarcoat this. There was no pretty way to say it. And so um, this poem, you, my paper came from this poem. <laughs> Um, and my speech came from this point but this is just how I'm feeling how I was feeling how sometimes I still do feel every day every day we have to call the twitch when we go into work and then we come home and then we have to you know some days we just want to be soft and we want to be gentle and we want to be feminine and then we can't because we have to like rule with an iron fist Mm. and at the same time we have to kiss boobies and so it's hard Um, but anyways okay so um, this poem is called Black Mothers uh, silently struggling with depression, afraid of appearing weak. Society says that she has to speak loud enough to be heard, but soft enough to not be intimidating. She has to be independent, but not proud. Supermom, but not brag. She has to be assertive, but not too aggressive. She has to be submissive, but not a pushover. She has to be delicate, but not fragile. She has to be passionate, but not too much. She has to be transparent, but not insecure. And she has to be black, but not too black. And that's the first part of it. Um, and the second part was sort of like an homage to, um, like, my mother. I was like, going to ask you, who is that? Because you can yeah, tell that that, that part got part, personal. That part yeah, got sure. very second personal. Part was, I think, because my parents grew up in Harlem. And they grew up in the era, they had to witness the crack epidemic in mm, the 80s. Right, right. That's when they grew up and that's when, you know, they were already adults raising a child and my sister was already what, 10. Um, and so my family from Harlem all witnessed that. They all watched their friends die from that. They all mm. watched how the government treated that. And they're still alive watching this opioid, opioid um, addiction be called a crisis. 
and everyone's arms outstretched and donations and, and nonprofit organizations are helping these this community of um, folks addicted to opioids. And it's like, well, what happened in the 80s? Right. And that's a whole nother topic and we can get into that another day. But like that point was my struggle and then like the women in my family, their struggle. But um, yeah, so that was Black Mothers and Black Mothers was just like a tribute to um, the mother that um, I'm trying to be now and the mother that my mother and her mother had to be and mm. what they had to witness in the 80s and um, just, you know, being a black mother through, through the decades I, and, you know, I think how I especially like how you it. ended it with, um, but, well, you didn't end it with this, but it's definitely the last single sentence where you say, but she is never allowed to be angry. Oh yeah. Gotta put some emphasis on that because, um, we, they call us the angry black woman, but they don't give us the space to be angry. They don't. They so, don't. like, <laughs> they don't. And it's crazy know, because it's, every other race is given that space. Even when it comes yeah. to Hispanic women, you know, it's it's almost like praised in them and, and you know, made uh, a, like a, a, a great attribute for them. But when women, when black women are angry and we're, we're um, emotional and we're showing our, our feelings, then we're supposed to mold it in a way that is acceptable. Yeah. So and that's just something that we deal with every day. So that's I, what that one was about. I first of all, okay, so we got I want to go over everything that um I, I got a few questions I want you to not questions, it's statements I want you to finish. It's five statements okay. I'm gonna ask each woman that I um that I interview for this um end of the year podcast. But I want to first go over okay, so you have energy and you have okay. Um, anti-fuckboy, the journal, and I. Well, it was that, in, that okay. So that's not like a brand. So okay, energy is energy is the brand. Know, that was my that was my poetry book, and that gotcha. was just something fun to do. Um, I do journals, curriculum development, um, the anxiety journal, so that you know folks with anxiety can track their triggers and learn how to have like develop these healthy coping mechanisms. Mm. Um, so, do you, you know, know how like, many people you help just from being on social media? I feel like people... I don't because I struggle with staying on every day. Really? I struggle with staying on. I do. Let me I tell do. you something, If there was a way Jean, I could interact don't go. I'm gonna not tell you, have to be on it... Please do not go anywhere. And this is personally from me to you. Um, especially at the times where you say stuff like um, healing through transparency... Those be the moments where I feel like, well, maybe I am sharing too much or maybe I am doing a little too much on social media or maybe I am, you know, um, maybe I am too sensitive because I'm the type of person that when you hurt my feelings, I'm going to tell you you hurt my feelings. And I get told stuff like, you know, are you being too sensitive or you and your feelings or you just and, you know, we feel like, okay, well, then I guess I need to keep it to myself. And for a while, I feel like I need to keep a lot of things to myself. But it's little things like seeing stuff like healing through transparency. It's like, no, I'm gonna fucking tell you what you did wrong and why I feel the way I feel. And if you can't respect that, then you need to keep it moving. Now, do you check yourself with that same energy? I say, I sure well do. I sure well do. Yep, I sure That's do. That you further along than some people because no, I do. And I'm gonna tell you why I do yourself, because checking yourself with that same energy takes a level of awareness, and I think that you understand where I'm coming from because yes. you not because you were divorced, but because you went through a a like a death and a rebirth. But you you have. So I feel like you a, have to if you're going. First of all. People say all the time, okay, well, she's sensitive, but she also has a flip mouth or she comes at you hard or whatever. One of the things I feel like people can't do is you can't dish out shit you can't take. And that's something that I feel like, I'm sorry, I wasn't even on the mic. I'm, I'm all on the phone. Like, I'm just talking to you regular. Um, <laughs> one of the things I feel like you can't do is just dish. You, you can't sit out here and dish out something and then feel like you can't take it back. Um do I do I have my do I still have my flaws? I have so fucking many. But one of the things I love about the journey I'm on now, and especially do Deep Rock Shopper, is helping me understand that even my flaws and my flaws and all everything that's about me, positive, negative, good, bad, whatever you want to call it, all of that makes up 100% perfect, pure me, who I am. And so even understanding those flaws. I got to work on them, but at the same time, they're not flaws in a way that makes me feel like I'm inadequate or that, 
um, I well, I shouldn't feel like I'm inadequate or I shouldn't feel like that I don't um, belong or I shouldn't I, I shouldn't feel like I don't deserve or even though I do, don't get it twisted. We have those moments where we're laying there like, I don't deserve love or I don't deserve this goodness or I don't deserve this job or I don't deserve this position. But I have to start understanding that in my flaws and in my positive views and in my, my great characteristic traits and my negative characteristic traits, all of that makes up 100% Dara. And so... I, I got to check me, too, though. I got to look in the mirror. Speaking of that, you know what? And I always ask that question because while we are sitting here discussing, you know, healing and emotional health and, and mental health and spiritual health and maintenance, spiritual maintenance and mental maintenance, mental health maintenance, um, I ask that question because it helps us be more intentional about the direction that we're taking Mm. when it comes to our health right and so when i say like do you check yourself not just saying you know okay you being negative today you need to chill a lot of times when these emotions arise we don't give ourselves the space and the opportunity to process these emotions yes so what i started doing when these emotions came up is acknowledging them and, like, thanking my anxiety. Like, okay, thank you, anxiety, for um, making me aware of this situation. Mm. Like, if I forget to lock the door, or I lock the door, and I think I didn't lock the door, but I know without a shadow of a doubt I locked the door, anxiety will have you thinking you forgot to lock the you door. You need to, to lock stop it. the car, turn around, go back to the house, and check and make sure that the door is locked, <laughs> and jiggle the lock when you leave. Like, anxiety will have you, it impacts your quality so of life that much. So acknowledge the emotions and the and the feelings that come your way and give yourself a chance to feel them and process them and say, okay, thank you for bringing this, you know, to my awareness. Thank you for um, keeping me safe. Yes, I do feel a little bit afraid. Why do I feel afraid? And write down what it is that's, that's making me apprehensive or hesitant about something. And then cross it out when I no longer feel that way or say, okay, this isn't logical. I'm going to cross this out. But thank you for bringing this to me. Thank you, body. Mm. Thank you, spirit and mind for mm. taking care of me. So, like, thanking yourself for being you because, wow. again, this goes back to what it is that we're whispering to ourselves. Like, I had to build, like, reconstruct a new belief system about myself yes because i had not been taught how to i had not been taught how to view myself as a young lady as a woman i had not been taught to view myself separate from my family or my church or that i was my own person and that was hard as a as a young woman as a new mother because i was 19 so as a new mother so I never got the chance to, and it's a lot of, even people without kids, they never get the chance to kind of be a woman. Like I, I shared today, I, I'm i great at being a mom. Ah, I, listen, I'm mom so hard. I'm great <laughs> at being a mom, but sometimes I'm not great at being a woman. Sometimes I'm not great at being a single woman. And so I had to learn to separate the two, like they're irrespective of each other. Mm. And so once I was able to identify that, I was able to say, okay, we had a bad mom day, but this doesn't make me a bad woman. Or I had a bad work day at, you know, at work, but this doesn't make me a bad woman. Or me and my friend got into an argument, but this doesn't make me a bad woman. And so I stopped like absorbing that, that, that the negative self-talk. Like the hardest thing for me between last year and this year, you asked about challenges and when you told me what the questions was going to be, I was just writing stuff down. She was like, what are your challenges and what you doing for 2019? And so the imposter syndrome was for my professional life. For my personal life, it was grieving the loss of two sisterships that I had. Mm. And I don't think we put enough emphasis on the the intimacy between, between friends, between Oof. women. And so last year I grieved and not the loss, but what I felt was a loss. I had to, I was, I I had to grieve a breakup. Mm -hmm. I grieved the breakup of a childhood friend. You know what? I didn't know though that that was actually a grieving process. Like when you lose a friend or when you divorce or when you, like that's a real grieving process. You had to grieve your divorce. Yeah. So I had to do the same thing with the friend. I had to find it out. Look at it like, yeah. 
you have to be, you have to build that sort of like intimacy between friends. Like I'm, I'm me and my friends, my two, my two girls, we can check on each other all day long. But like, if we're not consistently building towards our relationship, she could not like eggs tomorrow. And, and you know what I mean? Like her taste could change. So just like my mood could change or my taste can change. Right. So can others. So like I was grieving the breakup of, um, of a sistership, two sisterships. One long term, one short term, but like two that had a really big impact mm-hmm, on my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so once I realized that that was okay, that I had to work through that because I kept saying, all right, that's fine. I'll get some more friends. Like, I ain't even worried about it. But I was worried about it. And it did hurt me because every time something happened, I wanted to like reach out. And then I realized or remembered that I couldn't. Wow. That's and real. so it was, it was hard. It was yeah. hard and it hurt. And I said, let me tell you something. I tried some tears, some tears over grieving the loss of those two friendships than I did my ex at 25. Wow. wow. And that says a lot. That says a lot about sisterhood and sisterships and healing through yes, each other. Yes, yes, I agree. They can be repaired. The, you know, apologies um, are necessary. Um, that's another thing that I had to learn how to do is how to apologize. Not just say, oh, my bad, or I'm sorry, but, like, really, truly apologize um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, I didn't take up a lot of time. Okay. No, so you good, you good, you good, you good. What I'm, cause <laughs> trust me, it's still going to go through an editing, it's still going to go through an editing process. And the funny thing about it is it's still going to sound like it flows, but you're going to be like, oh, okay. I sound pretty good. Trust me. It's going to be good. <laughs> um, even um, if I, because at this point, what I'll probably end up doing is just doubling it up from Monday and then uploading the second part on Wednesday. Um, but listen, here's what we're going to do. We will end with these statements though. So the first okay. one is, when I feel myself slipping, I dot dot dot. Refocus, reinvent, and then reintroduce that part of me. Mm, nice, nice. Refocus, reintroduce, and then refocus that part. Um, refocus, reinvent. Oh, reinvent. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then reintroduce that part of me reinvent reinvent that sounds like something that would be kind of hard to do when you're in slipping mode can you expand on that a little bit well that's what's allowing you to refocus that that's where the refocusing comes into play so like if i if i see myself slipping which i can catch myself slipping now i will kind of like shut myself out and go okay um I done got caught slipping. What's going on? Like, what triggered this? Where did this start? If I can't find where it started or what triggered it, then I'll leave that alone and don't focus on, like, the trigger. But I focus on, like, how I can make sure I'm not slipping further and further Uh, away. Because further and further away means depression for me. Okay. Gotcha. When I need... So I refocus on on something else. Something that's going to keep me up my head above water. And then I, I reinvent any part of me and reinvent could mean it doesn't mean something totally new i don't have to knock the building down and build it back up from right scratch. exactly reinvent exactly. could mean like okay i'm gonna change the five minutes that i meditate in the morning to the five minutes i'm gonna reinvent my day or reinvent like you know my methods or my rituals that's good i like that that's that's deep that's deep so when i need a reality check i dot 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 Um, when I need a reality check, well, I don't call people that support me or support me in spite of, mm. <laughs> I have uh, my person and my person is very honest with me. So I reach out to my tribe. I love it. I have a person too. I definitely know what yeah. that feels like. It's weird because I don't think a lot of people understand that tough love is still love. Oh yeah. Tough love is still love. So the quickest way to make me smile is mm, take me to a bookstore. Oh, ain't you you all into the verbiage? Okay. Yeah, take me to a bookstore. Because if you tell me a corny joke, I'm gonna just give you the resting bitch face. <laughs> so, yeah, like, if your joke is whack, um, you're gonna know right away. I'm not gonna laugh because it was cute. Oh, it was cute. No, that joke was whack. Mm, so. Oh, that's right. Tell the truth about it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 2018 showed me that I can showed me that my ancestors said I could Mm. 
Wow. So I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yes. That I can be intentional. Yes. 2018 was my year to be intentional. It's funny, though. And I know you say ancestor, you mean that on a broader scale. But 2018 for me, um, one of my ancestors, which was my father's mother, actually, and I just was talking to him about this not too long ago. I talked to his sisters and everything. Showed me that, um, first of all, I never met her. She died when my dad was three. And so he basically, like, barely knew her. And um, when I tell you this was the year that I felt her, like, 100% in my life, like, not, not, it was actually, I'll take take that back. It wasn't this year. It was as soon as everything went down with my ex-husband. I felt my my grandmother's what we call they call her in her in her memory years of um grandma maddie grandma maddie uh-huh. grandma maddie's presence was so strong and then it was wow. this year it was this year this summer actually that her spirit dissipated mm. and i was like crying like somebody had like like i knew her physically and like she had died just that day i called my right. aunt and was talking to my aunt on the phone about it and was just really in and kind of like a a a sad dissolute kind of, like why she leave me i was I was insulted like why she leave me and it wasn't until I talked to one of my best friends I had two one of my best friends her name is um precious precious told me that you know well maybe she left because now she feel like you can do it you're good now yeah like you're ready you're, yeah yeah you're ready to do this on your own and she's she's done with her touch on you. And I was just like, wow. Because I literally was crying like I was at somebody's funeral. Like, oh. Yeah, because we know energy is neither created nor yes. it's just transferred. Yes. Come on, somebody. Come on. Okay. It's not about me. It's not about me. Okay. In 2019, I plan to focus more on. Uh, in 2019, um, I am going to focus more on reaching... I don't know how to answer this. Um, so professionally in 2019, I'll break it up. So professionally and personally. Professionally in 2019, I'm going to be focusing on continuing my research with trauma and behavioral health in the black family, in black women. Okay. Personally in 2019, I am going to continue to focus on myself. Hey, come on. In, in all areas of my life, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, being more romantic, selfish. in every area of my life. Yes, being more selfish. And not in the negative term that that, that, that has given this world, but in a, yeah. in a way that's like, no, it's about me and about what I want and what I'm trying to do for me. I love it. I love yeah, it. building. I'm I'm here to build. Is there anything that you want people to like? Can people connect with you on social media? Do, is there any social media sites you want to give yes. out? <laughs> okay, so um, my name is Gabrielle Morton, like the salt, M O R T O N, not Martin Morton, like the salt. Yes, the little girl with the umbrella on the salt. Yes. Um, and you can catch me um, at GabrielleMorton.com. Um, I'll send you the link. You can catch me on Instagram at Black Intoxication, at Black Intoxication. Um, and y'all can also email me um, at connect at GabrielleMorton.com. You can find my book on Amazon, on Barnes & Nobles. Order it, put it in your libraries, give it to your local bookstores, your Black-owned bookstores. Right. Gift it to your nieces. Um, and it's called Inner I N N E R I N N E R capital G. Right. Well, get. Well, I was about to say get. <laughs> G. I first of all am so glad I got to first see. I know it was only for a few seconds that you were seeing me, but prom- I promise you, I was like literally seeing you up until the moment I said, "Can you see me?" Um, so the whole interview, I was able to see you perfectly and I'm so glad I was able to see you. You have definitely, um, impacted my life and I'm so glad I met you through Sean Trees, through Robert. I'm not sure even who I met you. Was it through Rob? So it was through Rob. Yeah. Let me tell you something. (laughs) I am, um, 
I'm just so glad I met you through. I'm glad I met you through the the social media connect or whatever you want to call it that I met you through, whether it was through Sean Trees or through Rob. I can't remember whether how I seen you and how I came upon you. We, we connected because they came on your show. Definitely. Oh, that's right. We were talking about um the hoism. This was what a year you were talking about hoism insecure. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So Rob is my family. That's my but brother. But since we, that you know, day, I was born with that last name. Yeah. yeah, but since that day that 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 me and you connected, I felt like it was it was definitely one of them things where I feel like okay, I can learn. I'm always about positive reinforcement on my page, and. When I when I scroll through my social media feed, I want to see positive reinforcement. I want to see real, truthful reinforcement. Um, and sometimes that's not always something that's going to make you smile, but that's going to make you look at yourself in the mirror and go, "Okay, well, how do you th- how does this resonate with you?" And right, that's not always something that's going to give you smiles and and teeth. That might give you tears and hurt and pain, and you might have to deal with some shit. But I knew at that moment, like, it's like, oh, wow, this this chick is the, you know, she's legit. She's real. And I'm glad I met you through social media. I hope that one day come to Texas or you come to Atlanta or whatever the case is and we actually really link up. But I'm glad you did this interview. I'm so grateful. And I hope that the people who listen to this interview actually get something from it and, um, you know, pick your book up and follow it. And I still... I still haven't give, I still have not given out my big um uh gift basket that I'm supposed to give to my listeners. Um it's your book, it's some other stuff that I've collected along the way. I don't know why maybe I'm just waiting for some big giant oh, Christmas no, giveaway. Because you know I just started another business, King Street Apothecary. So oh, that's right. You doing your put in the gift basket, yes. yes. Kingstreetapothecary.com or catch me on IG at King Street Apothecary. So we got body oils, we got yes. sense aromatherapy for anxiety, sleep issues. Like, and since I'm doing know, this for Christmas, I might as well go ahead and pick some of that up for the giveaway. Yes, yep, go ahead and pick some up for the giveaway. And the anti-fuckboy journal. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, so, this is it's just a lot G's got going on. So y'all need to follow her at one of those websites. We're going to end this conversation right now because we've already turned this into two separate episodes. So we love y'all. We hope you got something from this. Happy New yes. Year. Happy end of the year. We appreciate it. Love yes. and light. Yes. yes. Love it. To everybody. Deuces. Peace out.